All right. Welcome back to the Built by Bailey's podcast. Evan Bailey, how are you this evening, sir? Satisfactory. Shane. Satisfactory. Good. Yep. That's an yep. honest I don't answer. Wanna, I, I want to be honest with you. I'm satisfactory. <laughs> yeah, and I'm doing great. Good. Good. Awesome. Well, I'm really excited for our next guest um, that we'll be talking about in just a minute. We'll introduce her. But before we get started, once again, we want to say thank you to our sponsors, Confluence SBC. Tom Hardy, ConfluenceSBC.com is a co-working space in Lafayette, Colorado. They have memberships still available for renting a desk. You can do that monthly. You can get an annual membership. He has, I believe, still some office space available on three-year term, three term leases, one-year term leases. Um, they are gearing back up. Things are opening back up. So he's very excited. It's an amazing building. Again, like I always say, Evan and I started our podcasting in that building and love it. Uh, so we want to say thanks to Confluence SBC and also to Brian Scott of 6ix9ine Designs. Brian, of course, as you guys know, has done all the logo stuff for us, the logo behind me. Um, he's an amazing graphic artist. He does work with all kinds of big names, such as Copper Mountain Waste Management. He can wrap your vehicle and he can definitely put out stickers for your company. Look up 6ix9ine.com. He's also on Instagram. The link will be right here. And you guys make sure you follow him on Instagram as well. With that being said, we'd like to welcome our next guest, the owner of Modular Sure Site, Audrey Grubesic. Welcome to the show. Nicely nice done. job. Nice job, <laughs> Shane. <laughs> Crushed it. Sitting here waiting for it. Mouth. Yes. Nice. <laughs> for all you listeners, we made sure that we got the company right, Audrey's last name right. The the pressure was on Shane. He delivered. It's so good. It's, it's so, so good. good. <laughs> uh the and 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 we're we're doing this a late night recording, so yeah. just officially on record, thank you. Audrey, for doing this at this time. Um, we're all busy people, and yeah. we thank you for working around schedules and stuff and doing this. I'm sure you got other things to do, and we're happy that you're here spending a little bit of time with us. So thank you. Oh, yes, Audrey, I'm thrilled thank too. You thank much. you for yeah. asking me. I, I'm super excited to be here with both of you. So let's let's talk some conversation. Let's about talk some conversation. Coffee. Yes, right. <laughs> um, so why don't you tell everybody? Give us a, a little bio um, about you, your company. Etc. So we can set some uh, framework up here. Absolutely. So I am what you would call a serial entrepreneur. <laughs> I was not always in construction. Um, actually, I started in TV. I was a TV engineer in Chicago, Illinois, oh. right out of college. So that was my background for about 10 years. And then I went from TV or I went from I went from TV into radio, into billboard sales, into having my own advertising agency moving wow. out here in Colorado. Yes. Like 21 years ago. Wow. Long story 21 years lying to us. It hasn't been 21 years. So there's no That's a local. Time. I love <laughs> That's it here. A local. I love it here. It yes. is. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and then I started uh, working with a, a builder in Colorado Springs and um, did a lot. I, my background is sales and, and marketing, really, to be honest. And I was the director of new business development for them. I started in sales. And um, from that, I always wanted to be my own builder. Mm -hmm. And I worked for another builder after that in Denver, Colorado. 
And I was talking with our operations manager and he was the one that actually started telling me about the show he went to and they started talking about offsite construction or modular construction. And I was like, whoa, what, what is that, right? <laughs> um, I don't really know too many people that are speaking about it. And then I started diving in really deep. Unfortunately, they um, had some issues within their business. And four years ago in 2017, I started Modular SureSite and um, completed five of my own general contracting projects with uh, four different factories. I wow. actually contracted all four projects within one year's time. I was driving a thousand miles a week oh, and it was Sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible, but I loved the whole concept of having a home arrive on the site, uh -huh. connecting it to a foundation and it being complete, pretty much complete, except the site work, right? Right. So that kind of brings me to current day. And now I started from that experience, moving into more of consulting and managing projects with pre-construction and, and details in that space. So it, it's been a long journey. It's been exciting. And the industry is only just getting bigger and better. It is. Yeah, and you great. know, we're cut a little bit from the same cloth. Mm -hmm. So I too, I, I was reading about you. Um, I'm I'm a communications major, and cut my nice. teeth in sales, and mm -hmm. became a serial entrepreneur. Some mm -hmm. of that was Shane. There's Bailey Custom Homes, Pinion Resources, a consulting firm, restaurants and coffee shops. And um, so when I was reading this, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is the better version of me. <laughs> like, so, this is it. Um, yes. I'm so yeah. proud to be here. I just and I moved out to do. Colorado 20 years ago as well. So oh I was like, gosh. this is crazy. Um, is and I just crazy. thought I would start off with my first question. Um, do we know each other? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we were running parallel paths. Yeah, we were. Yeah, we were. I think you lapped me. Um, <laughs> but I, my, my question for you a little bit in the, in the beginning is um, you said that right now you're doing a lot of consultative work around um, modular construction. Are you doing the modular construction or are you working with other modular construction companies or outfits to service certain projects that you're overseeing? Does that make sense? Yeah, so I would say I'm more or less building the pre-construction team. Okay. I'm a direct contact for those teams in order to also buy product Mm -hmm. So they can buy their duplexes, their townhomes, their, their, you know, hospitals, their um, education places, anything that they want to construct. Uh, I can do that within my factory because I have my own dedicated factory line. So I developed the pre-construction team from, you know, everybody from civil, from structural, architectural, um, building that whole asset on the team in the beginning and really actually also working with developers and builders to understand this form of construction and what it takes to build it. Okay. So you'd be a good person to ask this question. What do people not get yet about <laughs> modular construction? The whole thing. <laughs> right. That's what I feel like. Jay and I have had this discussion so many times. Like, I don't right? know. Like, I watch a job site work? and I'm just like, I don't really know why we're still here. We've been doing this for 60 years. I got a, I got, literally every known answer to the universe in my pocket yet we're still building homes the same way we did roughly you know yeah. for the last like 60 years yeah. and uh, there's something like modular construction out there and it's just like i don't get why this is not happening yet is it a 
the consumer who is like, whoa, whoa, I don't, I don't, I don't want my house. Is this like the bigger version of laminate flooring? Like, no, no, I want real, <laughs> I want weird, real hardwood. You're like, ah, look, it's come a long Actually, way since then. I think the consumers are the ones asking for it. I yeah. think yeah. they're the ones, I think it's more fear-based by developers and builders. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting when builders get into construction, they build their first house and they're like, oh my God, I'm going to do my first house. This is really scary, but they get through it. Yep. It's the same thing with modular, right? You're just changing your form of how you're going to be building or That's constructing right. yep. the project. And so there's this big like, oh my gosh, I can't do it. And then there's this preconceived notion that modular or offsite construction is the same as manufactured. Right. 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 Big misnomer. Yep. So yeah. misnomer, right? And mm -hmm. and I don't, I mean, here's the thing. I love all offsite construction. If you're gonna just start dipping your toe into panelization, awesome. Right. Mm -hmm. Because it takes little steps for people to understand this format. And it doesn't matter to me if you want to start with containers and do that, awesome. Um, any kind of area that you can actually help your business with more efficiencies is progress. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. Shane and I have talked about it a ton where, you know, we're big shipping container guys and we're really interested mm -hmm. in that um, and have been doing research, having conversations, networking within that community for, I don't know, Shane, what, almost two years now, Yeah, uh, about maybe that. even mm -hmm. longer. Um, right. And, you know, you run into the same kind of real structured constructs that people have with that type. And, and Shane and I have almost had to recreate a new narrative just to engage in conversations with people where we're like, you're, you're thinking we're taking a steel box and cutting out windows. And what we're doing is steel construction. And right. if you can start to wrap your brain around the idea that it's not you shipping containers and it's just steel structures, you know, then that first wall kind of breaks down. And then the only thing you'd have to do after that is really show them conceptually what it would look like finished. And they're almost all the way there in a heartbeat. They're like, oh, my God, why is this not a thing? Right. And you're like, well, <laughs> it is a thing. It's just not a thing that is really, I wouldn't even go, I mean, it's borderline getting mainstream. Um, yes. But it's not standardized yet as a, as a general construction practice. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, it's probably represents a fraction. Yeah. So what do you know, like what the, and I think modular is the same way. I think, uh -huh. you know, Evan, it, it, it's a fraction, right? Yeah. Um, since COVID my company has quadrupled in business. Oh, I'm not surprised because, and just like what you're doing, people are trying to find new forms, easier ways, more efficiencies, how they can get things done because there's less trade base. So mm -hmm. like, even when you guys are talking about containers, Great. I love that narrative. It's the conversation, the same kind of things that I do, the same things that we are doing to educate. But it's not only that part of just the audience or the builder and developer, it's also educating all the trades. Yep. Right. Totally. Yep. Right. Totally. So you're bringing totally. that whole another element in. I mean, it's just a, it, it, it's going to be a growing process. And I do see great opportunities in what we're, we're achieving. They're small steps, but I feel that, that, the consumer is ready for this. Mm -hmm. I think it's this, the hesitation on the other side and the education of understanding, like in my world, um, volumetric or, you know, modular construction just means that there are modules that are constructed in a factory, completely finished and brought to the yeah. site. 
right? Yeah. And then you're also talking about the same codes. Like we, you know, um, we were also talking about it's built under the same IRC or international residential code as right. a regular home. Yep. Same difference, but it's just those little narratives, like you were saying to having those conversations of educating people. And now that people are really asking for it and understanding it, um, it it's changing. And so it makes me happy to see that because we have to change the one industry that is so far behind. I mean, you mm -hmm. look at our cars, they're built at a factory. You look at our mm -hmm. phones, they're built at a factory. Every single thing is really manufactured from something. Borderline yet, oh our food. Gosh, yeah. yeah, borderline yeah. our food is manufactured. Unfortunate. Uh, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, and, and I do see a, a regression away from that a little bit, but I think there is a, well, it's just like anything, right? When you, when you have a new concept or idea, and for context, we'll just call modular a new idea, just mm -hmm. because it's not, it's not the uh, it's it's, it's the not exception, the, it's not the majority not the of building. There you yeah. go, right? And there's always this path to entry that's always a little tricky. And you have your laggards that are out there that just will hold on to hold on sake, you know. And then you have early adopters, which are like you know probably us three, who were just saying, well, we're going to push the innovation. And you know, and using the shipping containers is the same idea. It's Shane and I have had to come to the conclusion that, you know, we may do this shipping container development and really take it to a different place. But in 20 years, it likely won't be shipping containers, but right. it's, it's the, it's the thing that breaks through the ceiling a little bit. And as long as we stay flexible, it may be 3d printed homes at some point, but mm -hmm. you got to first say what we're doing currently is inefficient or it's antiquated or it's not good economically um, and that usually for the people really pushing that narrative, it's a little, it's a little messy. Right. Um, so let me ask you, Audrey, why do you think people are asking for this more? Is it well, the consumer? I think, that, I think that we're the realistic scenario of what's happening is we don't have enough general contractors and we don't have enough trades and the, and they're trying to like, now what's happening is they're buying their land. They're getting prepared. They're educating themselves. They're figuring out the build process. Cause it's still a build process. Mm -hmm. Right. And I just think that, you know, what's happening in the marketplace currently, as we're all aware is that building material prices continue to increase. Mm -hmm. And so if you can find a price for a home or a project and you have cost certainty and you know, when you're signing on the, on the dotted line without making any change orders or anything to that project, you know, the cost of that, right. That is huge. Yep. Right. And cost then knowing certainty. that, yes. Yep. And knowing that. that you can get it done within a certain amount of time. Right. You know, and, and, yeah. Shane, I mean, you and I were talking about it when I started, I did a custom home, a four box modular custom home in Keystone with a huge amount of customization. We had to do a garage. We had to do a custom basement. We had about half of the house was, um, you know, stonework that we had to do. Mm -hmm. And that house took us 12 months to complete, which was outstanding in a market in a winter, you know, in a, in a market that is, um, takes anywhere from 18 to 36 months to complete that same type of project size. Yeah. If any six months of the year here, you're going to get screwed on weather. So absolutely. Yep. Right. 
so then I go all the way, yeah. yeah, and then getting yeah. all the way through those processes, I kept getting faster and faster and faster. And our trade started understanding, hey, I don't have to be there for electrical for a whole week on the house. I can be there for less than two days. Mm-hmm. So everybody started understanding the pattern. Our last project was a basically 880 square foot, one box modular. And after we had it set on the foundation, it was completed in 28 days. It's amazing. That's crazy. It's wonderful because this industry, like you've touched on, I think this is the, one of the reasons probably why you guys got busier during COVID is we've had all the squeeze happening and material costs and inefficiencies. And there's been a huge depletion of trades, irregardless. That's not a word. Sorry. Of <laughs> yeah, sure. It's now, and now it's a word. It now is. <laughs> yeah, it is a, it's a word. It's a word. Yeah. <laughs> But, but aside, but you've already had the depletion of trades in this industry before anything else, including pandemics or anything else has come along. And so you're, you're, you're already dealing with not having enough hands on deck to build, but if you had the same hands on deck, the efficient and even several trades, which is another way to go with some of this, then your timeline decreases, then your speed of delivery increases. Um, and you have costs come way down. And like Audrey was saying, you have this ability to, to, literally quantify the entire project and say, I've got this many months and this is what my cost is going to be. Just like a vehicle will be produced. It's going to cost us this much to build it. And you can just do it over and over again. That's a business model. That's the way businesses should run, right? Not it's around this and maybe 12 months, maybe 14, maybe two years. I don't know. There's so many, I don't knows, which is probably a lot of the reasons why general contractors get a bad rap too, is there are a lot of uncertainties, but you're, you can contain all of that within building in one spot and having the same people on deck where you're not having people travel around I mean, tracing trades is I'm Very trying to difficult. do a lot of tongue twisters in this, this show. It, you're really but, doing yeah. well, <laughs> but tracing trades is really difficult. And if you have them all it in is. one place that cuts down on, on the timeline too. And so, yeah, I mean, with all I mean, the costs and certainties. contractor is the most difficult. I have to say being a builder just with like, people don't even think about builders. Like everyone's like builders are making so much money. Oh my <laughs> gosh. <Wow>. Right. <laughs> but there's so much, I mean, there's insurance, there's trades, there's like so many details that you, mm-hmm. and there's like, you know, 200,000 pieces in a house, right? There's so much difficulty. And I always think like the general contractor, honestly, is a problem solver. Because there's not a time or a day that goes completely how you want it to go. That's right. Every single day. <laughs> oh, he froze up on us. Not. That's right. Um, you can still hear me. Yes, Audrey? Yes, I can. Totally. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, you know, I what I was going to add to that, and Shane will be here in a second, is you know, I, I, I've explained when I'm consulting with people on renovations. I do quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say quite a bit. I've done quite a bit. And, you know, the first thing Shane and I did when we were together with Bailey Custom Homes was I would I, I'd lay out a realistic expectation. I would say, look, at the very end of this, you're going to have this beautiful kitchen and you're going to love it. And you're going to forget about what it took to get here. But what's going to happen inevitably is as happy as you are to get the renovation started, you're going to get tired of cooking 
on in your microwave down in your basement. You're going to get tired of the dust and the people and the uncertainty of when people show up, when they leave. It's going to take longer than we're probably laying out. And we've even put a buffer. There's going to be things that will come up that will alter your design. And that too will be frustrating. You're going to tell me that you're spending money on what you want. And I'm going to say, that's fine. You can spend as much as you want and I'll get you exactly what you want, but it may cost you more. Right. And it's like, all of that is going to happen. Right. And, and I just want to say it up front to you, when we come to that point and you say, Evan, I'm tired of the mess or I'm so tired, you know, this guy didn't show up until 11 and that screwed up my <laughs> schedule. And it's like, remember, I told you this. Right. And it's and it's only to help ground you in expectation. And I think about taking that times 50 of starting with a raw piece of land and saying, we're going to build your house for you. <laughs> it's like the amount of things that can go wrong on an on-site build between weather, between um, getting people to the job site, between um, material errors, um, shortages, uh, contractors, you know, you, you're, ske- you're trying to stay on schedule and your electrician is sick. And next yep. thing you know, it's this catastrophic windfall of pushing schedules back and entering into other people's schedule. And the sheer fact that you can do it in less time, because the more time you have means the more time for things to go wrong. And if a project takes one month, that is a lot easier to control. And, and that's an unrealistic, maybe, maybe in my mind, it seems unrealistic to always have one month build times. Over the course of the year, the amount of things that just that can go wrong in a year, the longer you stretch it out, the more that you're, you're I think, I, I, I feel like I actually heard you say this on a podcast, it's more things will go wrong on a job site than they will go right, or it was something like, that. and mm-hmm. it's like, it's, or more things are going to go wrong than things will work out perfectly, you know, yeah, your margin and of error just, stretches the longer you yeah, go. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that's one of the kind of unspoken unrecognized to the to the layman consumer about modular construction it's like well that's almost the same price per square foot it's a little bit less but i'm sacrificing on my house being built in a factory and it's like oh my gosh there's so much to unpack there with what you just said i feel like i want to really rework your entire mindset on that and i don't know if it's the fact that you think it's a lower quality or the fact that um, you think that it's just this building price per square foot and not potential holding cost and the construction cost and the delays and you trying to get out of whatever living situation you're in now to planning on moving into a new job or, or into a new house and what that will look like. Are you prepared to be in by Christmas? Hmm. You know, and it's like, what? I oh, know I want to have Christmas there. Well, you may not have Christmas there. You know, and those kind of things, I think it's like, that's one of the benefits of, in my mind, of moving towards standardizing modular construction. Um, does any of that, I mean, does that sound like when you talk about, when you talk about the, to the consumer, <clears throat> thinking mm-hmm. about doing modular, how much of it is around just price and quality versus the entire process benefiting the customer? Yeah. And I think it's, you know, like you were saying, there's three pieces to this process when you're building, right? You have the land, then you have the house, and then you have the site work. So you're educating in all three of those areas, right? Um, So it is difficult. And it's also difficult because um, like in my area, you 
are going to make all these decisions, all the selections, all the exteriors, everything in that home or in that building without actually seeing it. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to be picking everything either online or you're going to be asking for some selections to come in from the manufacturer that you can kind of review. Yep. But it's really everything is really set up in the very pre-start of this project. You're doing everything in the pre-construction stage for it to come on site. So that, again, is very very unusual, right? I mean, a regular home, you have to go to a design center or you have selections and you go there and you're able to touch them and feel them and go there like 1500 times. And there are so many selections. It (laughs) makes you almost nuts. Um, And that, you know, and, and so it makes it a little bit more difficult for the consumer, Evan and, and, and Shane, but I think the, the overall experience of what I've had Um, and anybody that's going to be walking into this as a builder or developer, it's like the first time you build a home, it never goes smoothly, but I can tell you from my experience and the projects that we're doing now in townhomes and condos and apartment buildings and these larger projects, when you have the right team and you set it up at the beginning, just like a setting up a house and you get that, that you get that nailed down. It's amazing. The amount of efficiencies and understanding Plus, the consumer doesn't have to have a really long construction loan. Typically, right. you know, it condenses that and they're able to save money there. So there's so many costs. That there's, there's so much dialogue that goes into these conversations that it's never like a, it's not that easy as just being like, here's my homes and, you know. Yeah. Go, how much right? is the financing component? Uh, sorry, Shane. How much is Nothing. the financing component an issue? I mean, are, so, there, are there equal number of banks who are willing to lend on this? You know, it's interesting because when I started four years ago, there was like three or four, and now I think I have 25. And what we're finding on the lending side, on the commercial side, is that there are more and more banks starting to realize the efficiencies of this because you have the building all paid for, it gets to the site and you're making really fast draws. Mm -hmm. It's, It's a really, you know, sophisticated system. But in that regard too, we also have to be really smart because- is the factory got enough equity in it? You know, are they going to be around for the next 30 years? Are they going to be around for the next, you know, 90 days? Those are things that we have to find out too, and make sure that you're using your resources and your, and, and your research to make sure you're working with the right manufacturer. Yep. Yep. And the consumer, it's funny how everything on this end makes sense to the the end consumer, right? It makes sense Mm -hmm. to the buyer. Financing is going to be cheaper because there's a, there's a shorter timeline. I get to pick almost everything that I want to put into the home ahead of it's more organized. Um, it's, it's, it's less delayed. So to the consumer, it's like, it's almost, it's like, it's a no brainer, but you get into the general contractor, the builder side, and there's a lot of pushback still. And I think some of it is because there's, there's uncertainty, there's unknowns. It's new, it's scary, whatever. Just like you're talking about from the first build or of anything, even stick built. Right. Um, but the resistance to, to get through to more GCs, and maybe you can even answer how many you've picked up. That's the difficult, that's the difficult part, Shane, yeah. is that we don't have enough general contractors. Right. Um, when I started four years ago, when I started my company, I'm like, I'm going to meet every single retailer. I met 16 different retailers in the state that actually sold modular buildings. Huh. And I asked them and talked to them. And a lot of them were their own general contractor. They were basically 
you know, turnkey. And so they're really excited when I came in because I'm I'm a general contractor for them to be able to pick up these projects. So they're like, right. oh my gosh, right? Um, to, and and at that time too, I've probably networked with over a hundred builders trying to convince them to work with me. And they're like, no way, we're not touching that. We can't get involved in that. But recently, you know, since COVID has started, the, all those builders are calling me now. They're all, uh, they're all mm-hmm. having a hard time. Like, just yeah. like what you guys are doing. I mean, you walked into that first idea of doing a container. You're like, holy cow, I have a whole lot of things to learn. And then the efficiencies start coming. Right. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. You, you dialed in. Yeah, it's always difficult when you have a solution and you're you're pretty sure that the solution is accurate, mm-hmm. but you don't logistically have everything set up to execute the solution and you got to work it backwards, right? Yes. So, you know, and I think about uh, with Shane and I with shipping containers, uh, you know, we don't want to just build and we likely will, but just build interesting or architecturally significant shipping container homes that fit a couple boxes that we want them to check, which is beautifully designed, really efficient housing that is affordable, right? And, and, and to build them with a purpose, not just for, for, for profit, uh, right. but for um, livability, social, mm-hmm. yeah, livability, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. taking into consideration certain demographics, etc. And we had a way, or we have a way that we can kind of do that with recreating a different underwriting structure where we can get people into homes and put them into an equitable situation without destroying comps, right? And that was like the first thing that we really wanted to figure out. How can I put this house here and sell it for this without destroying the comp? And and how can we get that person approved when they're stuck in a rent trap in Colorado, um, yeah. you know, where yeah. they have a lender say, well, you know, you can only afford $1,500 a month. It's like, you know, I'm paying $2,500 a month pretty consistently. What do you mean? <laughs> right. What can I afford? You know, and, and what right. is $1,500 a month going to get me? You know, and I was like, hold on a sec. And coming from banking, which is what I'm, that's what pays my interest now. It's like how I, how I like to word it. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I can re-figure out how to underwrite something like that. So it is still responsible lending, but it's just getting away from this standard idea of doing it. And I know that, you know, with modular, I feel like that's someone else's concern. It's like, I'm getting outside of the normal you know, and how does that work? I'm sure somewhere it, you know, it looks good on paper and I'm going to find out that it's not, you know, it's like, I, dude, I think it's just lending. I think you're going to owe X dollars and you're going to pay it back uh, with this interest. And that's how it's going to work. And I don't think there's anything tricky about it. Um, I know that just in having conversations about shipping containers in this capacity, that's come up almost every time. Well, how is the lending work on it? And it's like, well, we don't have a lot of lenders. And that was one of the first things I did uh, was to go out and say, I'm going to find a FHA lender that is going to understand this is steel construction. It's approved by Fannie Mae. It is, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that was a grind. <laughs> I mean, the amount of conversations oh, yeah. I was having with lenders as a banker, they're like, uh, you know, uh, no, thank you. We're not going to touch that stuff. Kind of thing. Right. I'm like, what do you, do you approve steel construction? Yes. All right. So, and if it's proved standardized form of construction, do I even have an obligation to tell you it's a shipping <laughs> container? 
Uh, can I just tell you it's a steel structure? And then you would have been fine. You know, it's, it's been really tough. Do you think that the path to entry, and maybe you think you're already there. Actually, maybe this is a better question, Audrey. Can you do more now? And you said that you've quadrupled since the pandemic started. Right. So where is your scalability at the moment? How do you feel like you're going to scale this or do you want I, to? I, yeah, I feel, well, you know, and it's interesting because I went from residential into commercial projects or multifamily projects because mm -hmm. I felt like I could contribute to larger teams than what I was doing on the individual front. Sure. Um, and it has been, you know, Here's a perfect example. Last year, I, I have a whole network of people because I have offsite media um, or offsitedirt.com, which is my media platform, because I started this conversation and I started doing um, this thing called the offsite construction series. And what I did was every month I started meeting people and having conversations. So I got involved in this one um, this one group and they're like, Hey, Audrey, you really got to go to Dallas. This was like two years ago. You got to go to Dallas and you got to go to this advancing prefabrication event. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, okay. You know, I'll, I'll go there. I'll go check it out. But the coolest part about this thing was it was all like-minded individuals that were talking about offsite construction, because all I kept doing was trying to find people and to network and to do that. So I'm in this forum with all these people and I'm like, wow, this is so great. Like I can do, like we're meeting huge general contracting companies that are on the stage that are talking about like how they all have now divisions, a small division in modular because they are expanding their, you know, network and trying to understand how to put this into a, a way of building, you know, mm -hmm. they're really trying to experience it. So for me, it was like, and that's when I was like, oh, there's big banks that are lending now. Oh, there's a big, huge hotel that's going in, you know, that's going in New York City that's getting financed. You know, you're starting to learn these other tools to understanding how we can help right. and, and put those pieces together. And then on the consumer side, a lot of the retailers, I mean, you could go to a retailer right now for modular. They're building anywhere from like 20 to 60 homes a year. Yeah. It's wow. expanding Crazy. so fast and nobody really talks about it because it's not of the norm. Right. But right. There is a tremendous amount of underground movement that is happening. And then also people are getting smarter, like, you know, like Gina and I were talking about just doing panelized wall systems, right? you know, yeah, having right. their framing totally. all ready to go on site. I mean, mm -hmm. it might be 20% more, but you're saving in cost for people on site. You're saving a cost for getting the efficiencies of the project done. You know, there's just a lot of like cost savings in that, even though it might be a little bit more expensive on the front end. Yeah. And why you would you want to frame about, about that up in the, you know, the middle of the winter? This is the stuff that I think about just being on a job site with a tool belt. <laughs> you want to yeah, yeah. frame oh, a home oh. when it's snowing in yeah. 20 degrees? Do you want to, I mean, I wouldn't want to yeah. be outside today. I had framers down South. It's a hundred degrees. Why do you want to do that? Hell no. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Same reason you why I look at systems. plumbers like, do you really want to be in the crawl space? Why would you pick plumbing <laughs> as a trade? <laughs> you know, like, um, I've never understood it. Like, you know what? Plumber. It's like, uh. um, <laughs> were you guys talking about the panelized wall systems, Shane, in any connect connection to shipping containers? Um, not really more in a general sense. There's, there are framing companies out there now that are literally, you can hand them your set, your plan sets, and they will have everything prefabbed in their own warehouse. 
and then bring it on site and assemble it for you. So it's literally just shows up like it would with a whole prefabricated home, but it's just the framing. So you're saving, you're making sure one, that your material is there on site. It's not getting hammered by weather. And the right. same crew comes out efficiently knows how to put everything together. Everything's laid out ahead of time. It's just, a, it's more organization is all it is. It's more efficiency and because they'll always, come and do it. I've, I've always thought about that in terms of container, get them in and you get right. this highly engineered to the exact specifications every single time box yep. framework. And you got to go in to frame them up. And I've always thought, how easy would it be if we know the, if it's every single time the ship container is the exact same dimension without fail, how you could pre-design and engineer wall systems that are just plug and play into the shipping containers, um, all the way down to aesthetically making it to where it's like, it's a whole catalog where, what do you mm -hmm. want you all to look like? Do you want it to look like this? Do you want it to be drywall? Do you want it to be uh, this kind of finish? Do you want paneling? Do you want, you know, whatever. And it all comes with price range and it's really a plug and play type thing. So I was just curious um, if it's when you go over. Yeah. About, it, it'd be trickier for shipping containers just to get them in and move them around, but yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> Give me, me a few days to go down the rabbit hole. On that. Um, Audrey, do you guys, um, how much of your business right now is for new, new residential construction with a buyer attached versus working with um, other developers, investors, um, et cetera? So maybe talk a little bit about the breakdown of the business that you're currently having. So right now, I would say 95% of the projects that I'm on are all developers and builders. I have okay. one custom home that I'm doing a very large, really unique. I'm actually excited about it. It's a Scandinavian 5,000 square foot home in um, Tabernash that will be featured this winter. Um, cool. But I don't really do a lot of residential so because cool. for me, um, again, you know, I'm doing this big shift. I, 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 I completed my projects. I had good clients. I'm happy that they got on their homes, but it wasn't something I really enjoyed. What I really mm -hmm. love now is, you know, working with the civil engineer, getting the utility plan together, talking to the structural engineer, getting our architects together, talking with the factory, you know, what those timelines look like, yep. and also holding the hands of developers because I want them to be successful in this space. Because when I got in it, I didn't get any help. Nobody really reached out. It was really, really hard. Um, there was days when I was like, I don't know if I could do this anymore. <laughs> well, you wouldn't you know, be a real, like, oh, a real entrepreneur please. if you didn't have that moment. You know, so you know this is a good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is a good segue. Uh, I know that you do a lot of other stuff in the industry outside of run your company. Um, and one thing to point out, if our uh, listeners haven't, figured this out yet audrey is a woman um, <laughs> and, um yes i am <laughs> and i know that you're big in that community and a big advocate for it and i would love just to give you the platform to talk about it because i think it's you know i was i was reading about some things that you have said and and i was like god it's so it's such a weird thing it is still so stereotypically dominated um where and i think the for a and I have a young daughter um, and who's interested in design. She's nice. darn near doing CAD at nine, and I'm like, God, is this a so thing? I'm not. Awesome. I swear, sweetie, I'm not steering her towards this. <laughs> she just seems to like love it, and I'm just like, yay. Um, but I want 
but I think there is a general sense, and tell me if you think this is true, uh, that there's a little trepidation if women want to get in construction. I still think it's, they think it's a tool belt and the guys whistling at women walking by. <laughs> and I think it's, I think there's so many different opportunities in that. And I just, I'd love to hear your opinions on it and let, and, and have you tell people what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think that in executive positions in my space and offsite construction, there's 10 women total that it's I know crazy. of. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I support construction. It's called, it's called uh, transportation and construction girl here in Denver. And what they're doing is they're educating women on how to get into the field. Um, there's another group that we created, um, three other women with myself called Women on Site, because we want to support mm-hmm. women to start having questions or, you know, we have like experts come in about men's brains and women's brains and how we communicate together to be oh, more yeah. effective. Um, there's just a lot of things that I'm seeing in the industry. And even when, when women get involved, um, a lot of the time they're not getting supported. So they leave and we want to keep them in it. It's the mm-hmm. one industry that women can get paid the same amount as men. And I know that sounds so crazy, but like we were even talking about the electrician. We love women that are electricians because their hands are smaller. Plumbers to too. Get, same with yeah. plumbers, right? Yeah. And so yeah. I am a big advocate because yeah. I feel like I can tell you right now, every meeting that I have, I am typically usually the only woman in that room and I'm used to it, right? But I've also been really selective and I know that you can understand this or anybody out there that's a developer or a builder is I'm really selective with the people I work with now because I value my time and I honor myself and I honor those around me. So I want to make sure collectively we're respecting each other. We're having these great, you know, um, forums of communication. And we're also trying to train other women because women are really great multitaskers. They can do a lot of other things and we work twice as hard because we want to also be in that space. Right. So it's really great when I see, honestly, when I'm on calls and there's like a lady in the room, I am like, (laughs) like, I can't wait to talk to her and bring her in because it's so unusual. (laughs) So I have like this waving at the other end of the room. Yeah. Come over here. 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 Come Evan and I actually just had this conversation yesterday. I think it was yesterday. And I'm going to ask your opinion, obviously, because you're a woman. Do you think, and there's certain industries where this has been a question, do you think that the reason that there are not a lot of women in construction is because they're not interested in construction? And I'm talking about all forms. I'm talking about architecturally, uh, not just trades. I don't think they know about what kind of jobs there are on offers, like offerings, because like you were saying, even Evan, you're like, it's the tool belt and and the hammer, right? Right. But Mm. there's so many vast opportunities in construction. It doesn't have to be being on the site. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I wonder if that's because I don't know what that is. I think is it because they don't take an interest earlier on. And so they don't ask the questions that a boy would becoming a man or whatever it is, or is it just because they're and, just and like I think even steered that way? Remember, like, I mean, I'm much older than probably both of you, but in high school, we Doubt used it. to have like trade schools, like, right. We used to <laughs> yeah. have like where you could do, you could build a car or you could be in shop class. Yes. None of that even exists uh, anymore. Home ec. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I was just having that conversation the other day. Um, you know, I think, guys, I can answer this for us. Um, so everybody <laughs> get, right. your, everybody yeah. get your paper out, take Hold your on. notes. Um, no, no. I am a little bit of a nerd in um, 
uh, most of my reading and the things that I'm like just habitually interested in is biological and behavioral science. I love to, un- it's, the, it's the ultimate communicator in me that is trying to understand this, you know, how people share their thoughts, how they present themselves, what does that mean, et cetera. And in some of this, uh, I guess, Evan research, there seems to be some pretty definitive data that states that generally speaking, um, and this is, you know, um, clinical psychologists doing lots of testing and peer reviewed and stuff that generally men care more about things and women care more about people. Um, mm-hmm. And, and there is a lot of evolutionary purposes for that. Um, but that generally seems to be what it was. And I was reading this interesting article that was talking about this and it was out of Scandinavia, which is probably the biggest of uh, best example in the world of just creating absolutely parallel equal opportunity um, environment right and what ended up happening is when you said everything's on the table for everybody there is no uh, no path no barriers to entry for anybody and they just open it up that what ended up happening was that between men and women and they actually use this as an example of all the engineer in all of Scandinavia, 82% were still men. And of all the doctors and nurses, 80% women. And, and that kind of reiterated this men care thing, women care about people. Right. Um, and it also stated that men tend to be less agreeable and women tend, tended to be more agreeable. Um, and you start looking at all of this, and I've thought about this a lot, actually, since, you know, getting ready to talk with you. It's like, I don't know, some of it is exposure, and some of it absolutely is barriers to entry, for sure. It, it would be foolish to say that that's not there. Sure. But I think where there's an opportunity for women in construction is women, it is proven out pretty well, that women are better organizers than men. Men are better implement than when so it's like give me the task a task can be accomplished uh i say this with curbs on it for everyone listening (laughs) don't don't all of a sudden get in the comment section and be like i know somebody who's totally opposite right i oh yeah this is we're talking about the the mass here yeah, right? the uh, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. i'm sure there's somebody that doesn't fit that mold but where right. construction is especially management is like 100% organization, mm-hmm. like 100% organizing schedules and materials and delivery and logistics and people. Um, and it is an immense juggling act to run an entire project that requires a high level of organizational aptitude. Right. And it's really where I feel like, and and correct me if I'm wrong. I think you you said this, Audrey, in uh, another another forum, but um, that women have an opportunity if, as long as they realize it's not swinging the hammer necessarily to get into quote construction, mm-hmm. right? Really, all we're doing is building habitable spaces, right, or spaces that are going to house businesses, um, or it could be even an infrastructure. And I think we could do a lot better if women did get involved organizationally, because uh, I think that's where men generally struggle more generally. Um, yep. And I also think we could add a lot more people in there that care a lot more about humans than just the thing. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> and I and I and it's like and I get that we're attracted to building things, right? And and there's probably something evolutionary biological to that as well, uh, maybe even damn near genetically. But somebody has to live in that, and the home is for a person. You know what I mean? And I really feel like that's the other part in the the, the process that I've noticed fails is, you know, when Shane and I have worked with clients, you know, it's very easy to think about the hardwood floors just need to get installed. And then, you know, you just have this client sitting over there like, I feel like I don't like it and I don't (laughs) live here and that's not good for me. And I have dogs and did we pick out the right material? And I got kids. Is this easy to clean? Am I going to have to do something with it? We're like, I don't care. The floors look beautiful. (laughs) <laughs> these beautiful hardwood floors and it's like can somebody please talk with the client and make sure they're happy you know what i mean like it's it's all their money hundreds of thousands of dollars we should check with them you know um feel like that i don't know um but i i, I think i think if we can get past the thing part that we're building a mm. thing and that the thing is for somebody and to get that from a to z is for somebody uh, number one, but number two, it requires an immense amount of organization. And I think, I, I think biologically, that is a door wide open for women um, to too. not only get yeah. in, but to excel and potentially run laps around some of us uh, more crude men who like to point at stuff, you know, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I don't know what your, th- what your thoughts are on that, but uh it was well, something I that I was thinking about. I, I think you, I, I think you articulated that very well. I think that we're more community driven. I think we're, mm-hmm. you know, we're, yeah. we're nurturing, right. um, uh-huh. you know, but I also see great assets in a lot of men that I work that are like that as well. It doesn't mean one or the other. Sure. Um, sure. It just nope. depends, totally. it depends on your team. Right. And it depends on really the leadership of that company and, and where they're coming from and, and what are, what are their important goals and, and their intentions to help others. And, and to significantly change the world and in, in design and build and and create. So I would love to see more women. I am I am always trying to figure out how we can bring more in and open this dialogue. But it's the same thing with the industry. I'm also trying to be the pioneer out there changing the industry to think right, about yeah. off-site construction as you guys are. Yeah. I mean, we're That's just totally. all a little crazy maybe sometimes because we <laughs> totally. but totally. we certainly try, right? That's, yes. that's, yeah. that's a yeah, big it, part. And I it, and enjoying it, right? I think that's the bigger piece too. It's like, I've paused a little bit more. I've like enjoyed it a little bit more, really nurtured people in conversations. And I, I feel like, you know, Evan and Shane, maybe it's the same thing for you. You know, we also have to realize there is a human factor to all of this. And 100%. if we if we can't be connected with people and, and understand that in the general sense of it, then what are we doing at all anyway? Yeah. Right. Exactly. I couldn't. Exactly. I, I couldn't agree more. And a lot of yep. people say, Let's, "If it's not broke, don't fix it." Right? Like, mm-hmm. well, if it's not broke, it works. We build houses, great. And it's like, <laughs> first of all, for a first-time home buyer in the state of Colorado, it's now over like a half a million dollars. I know it's right. so crazy. In what world is that okay? Like that's crazy to me. I and and then we want to sit around and on the other side of the coin say, oh, we, we really love and respect our frontline workers during the pandemic, the people at the grocery store, they're so important. And it's like, but they're not so important to figure out how to give livable wages, affordable housing uh, that they can afford. How about like just someone... building like condos, right? Like we can't yeah, even do it, that totally. without their can't even do that. issue. Can't I mean, even do what, that. The first house I bought was a condo. 
Yep. Right. Yep. Out of college, yeah, right? Because we had an opportunity to do that because that was the first house to be able to get into the next house. That's right. Yep. We don't Just even get have in. it. Yeah. Like yeah. It's tough. It's tough it, out there. I feel, I, I, you know, and that's why a lot of people rent, like you were talking about Evan and they're just like, I, I forget it. I'm just going to go, I'm just going to rent and I'm just going to go live my life and have experiences and do that. Yeah. Which is not a bad, which life may not either. be a bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, if I could redo it again, I might, uh, I might just listen to records and travel. Yeah. Um, before we, you know, we're, we're coming up on the time here a little bit, but um, I wanted to talk to you specifically about something. I would love your opinion on this that Shane and I are evaluating, which, in a very quick context, um, I was looking initially at building a, a, a second, second home, a vacation home, small cabin, somewhere pretty away from the city. So I can get the kids away, you know, no computers. Here's a, it's called a book. Enjoy it and sit hmm. by the river. Um, and as I started doing that, there was a lot of available land that was affordable. And then when we got looking at buying land and, and building something, it was like this really ugly thing started happening, which was <laughs> uh, nobody able to build it for me. And it's partially because there was no need for people to leave the city as a contractor. Like, why would I go to Jefferson to try to build something? And then you're trying to look for builders or people who could do the work in Jefferson, for example. And there's just like, there's like a dude who's like, I think <laughs> I can do it. You're like, oh, I'm going to pass, you know? Um, and, and the other thing I started noticing was. I got a hammer and some nails. And... I mean, I built a fence with my paw. You know, it's like, uh, this is a little, a little harder than that. Um, the other part was that. I was like, okay, well, maybe I won't build. Maybe I'll stick with what I'm comfortable with. Maybe I'll buy a small cabin somewhere and I can evade it over time. I can do that on my own. And it was like the cabin inventory was decimated. There was mm. nothing. There was like eight properties for sale in the entire state. <laughs> um, and what I noticed was that, well, no one's building new inventory for that, right? right. The secondary home market that could be, Airbnb, short-term rental. And then when there was cabin or a smaller, more affordable house, let's call it 400 to 500,000, that was sitting on a couple acres out somewhere pretty, it was gone in a second. It, it was a frenzy for that stuff. So it told me that if it's finished, then it would sell. And so Shane and I are now looking at saying, well, maybe what we can do is just build new inventory and put for sale. Because some of those places are getting a higher dollar per square foot, but because they're smaller in the in the use, you know, they can still be technically Colorado affordable, right? They mm -hmm. can be less than five hundred thousand, but you know, and I can sell it for eight hundred a foot, um, but it won't cost me eight hundred a foot. So I think maybe that was the opportunity. But there is this. Okay, that sounds great, Evan. And I would say, okay, Shane, will you go and build a house in Salida for me, a no. cabin for me? And he was like, no, you know. And I think maybe this is where modular. Um, so my question to you is, can can we buy a modular home for me, and can I put it on some land somewhere? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I can help you. Okay, okay. And I think for a lot of people, that might open up the door too. Right. I, no, I, I will. Agree with you. 
and I, and I'm seeing I'm seeing a change in the industry too. You know, um, hospitality was so closed down, and even the second home market that you're talking about, even hospitality is changing. If you notice, yes. um, people are doing little house resorts and things like that, which makes mm-hmm. it exciting. Um, I do new business development for Urban Air Living, which is okay. basically they build, design, compact living spaces that are like 450 square feet up to maybe 1500 square feet. So, but the problem that we're having (laughs) is that all of our modular factories, now with this big boom and this big escalation of people understanding it a little bit more and wanting to do it is that our factories are filled into like next May. Yeah. So now we're seeing more factories factories (laughs) are coming up, right? And and seeing that opportunity open. But I agree with you, Mm -hmm. Evan. I think that Everybody, I mean, maybe not everybody, but I'm kind of like you. I love nature. I mean, that's why I love the state going hiking Mm -hmm, and biking and being out there and bringing your kids out and and just not having to be maybe all in the city all the time. It's, It's like an experience now just to do that. And so you know, first, you're just trying to first find the land and hopefully you can find land somewhat affordable. Right. I don't even know what that is anymore. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, well, we can get the house out there. But really, I think the solution, honestly, is I had a, a guy on, on my um, event that I was telling you about before, and they're doing these things called G-Pods, which are basically container design product. They're steel frame yep. home, mm-hmm. but it's net zero and you can have water there. So it's all efficiency all in one, kind of That's- like a trailer, right? But yeah. It's, it's nicer. It's more, it's more modern. It, 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 it kind of opens and it collapses. So they're doing that in Australia. I mean, they're doing all these really cool things, but, but, but not in the United States. I know it's so well, frustrating. Well, we're stubborn. We're probably more Thank stubborn God. than the most countries. Yeah. And it's not yeah. because we're stupid by any means, but we're, you know, it's just, it's a, it's, it's the good old boy network that we have here. And I'm not going to get political, but that's what it is. And it's just, and I think that's what's part of the construction issue too, is the refusal to adapt and move on. And like you Evan said, changing that. And I well, I hope so. Positive about yeah, that. At I least hope we're so. having the conversations of this change in order yeah. to educate more people that there's a choice. Right. And there, there are plenty of choices. I think it's just a matter of getting the information out there more, not only to the people like me, but to the end consumer to come back to people like me and say, I want to go that route. And so Audrey can do it. You know, let's, let's put it together. It, it works for everybody. And there's no reason not to certainly consider it, but if not go, go that direction, it solves a lot of problems. Like Evan and I have talked about, especially for not just second homes in the mountains, but people that want to live in those areas, because there are areas that are land is pretty reasonably priced. We're talking under a hundred thousand dollars price, but the feasibility of, of stick building something there is it's not, it's not it's there. Difficult. It's not attainable. No, yeah. uh-uh. it's very and disruptive. You know what the great thing is though, what the other thing that we are expanding that I have to say, even in the Denver market, which I think is a really active um, market, more realtors I'm finding are starting to educate themselves on this process too. Yep. So if they can't find something for their client, they're like, Hey, if you really love this land, let's have a different discussion. So I think little by yep. little, we're making progress, which makes me happy. And again, it doesn't have to just be modular. Anything that you can design, build offsite and bring on site is going to be a great success in the right direction. A hundred percent. And as a realtor, I will tell everyone that's realtors listening to this. We have to do our continuing education credits, start taking more classes on the elective side that have to do with prefabricated modular construction, alternative construction. There's plenty of classes out there now to get involved in that. You have to do that because 
the realtor is another big avenue to push this. So hopefully that. And, and just so you know, I mean, I, I mean, there is like, look at the builder um, reality council. They're doing a builder breakfast. I mean, they're everybody's starting to engage a little bit more because we're also trying to help others find homes. Yes. How else can we do that? So exactly. I do it's think that there's traction. a lot of great networks out there. A hundred. I, I, and I don't want to take agree. this. I don't want to take this to a negative place either, but speaking to realtors, hmm. you also have somewhat of an obligation, you know, not necessarily to be an advocate or to be educated on these other forms of construction, but to you have a responsibility, in my opinion, to not push people away from these kind of things because you're simply uneducated about it. Right. You know, and as you're the person of influence in that that environment, right? You're the right. trusted and that source. Relationship, right? absolutely. Yep. And mm -hmm. and if you say no, that's not good. No, and it's and it's simply rooted on the fact you're uncomfortable talking about it or you're or you're uneducated about it. It's easier to steer them towards somebody. I would say that you have some responsibility as presenting yourself. You know, not just presenting yourself as the expert, but being the expert in that transaction that's supposed to be and protecting the client to be up to date with this stuff. So you don't put misinformation out into the market. Yep. Um, yeah. As a realtor, you're the, the guy side. that knows a guy. That's what you're, that's half your it, job. Right. That's, and yeah. maybe they just need and to listen I to those podcasts. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> more of them are. <laughs> and what they need is more Evan and Shane. They need more Evan and Shane in their lives. So that's really what I mean. Um, well, Audrey, thank you. I'm going to probably... Uh, they hit you up, Machine and I, sometime yep. after this. Uh, I got I some it. things cooking that I would love to see uh, if maybe we can get on your schedule. For um, sure. And then all, not only your company, but all the other things that you're, you're doing. Uh, you, you stated some of the other organizations and stuff. Send that to Shane. Yep. Because I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not the, I'm not the tech. Speaking I'm not of the tech guy. Speaking of organizational <laughs> things, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I care about things, guys. Um, but send it to Shane so that we can post it and link it. Yep, we'll put when, all that in there. I would love to do that. that would For be sure. Yeah, okay. I really appreciate uh, it. Yeah, and we'll uh, we, we we'll have you sometime in the near future, and we can follow up on this, and we can figure out where you're going because I think you're going to be somebody really fun to watch and uh, oh yeah I applaud definitely. you uh, yeah. thank you yeah thank and you. not just yeah. your woman because you're a, a legitimate uh, professional and executive so it'll be fun to yep. watch you yeah thank you go thank get you them guys. Audrey yeah, appreciate yeah. you coming on for sure thank especially you. especially thank with you. a, a yeah. we've jostled the, the the schedule several times with you I apologize yeah that's how yeah. we do it yeah. that's how we build right? that's how we We're do it Yep. Change, but that's yep. Thank God somebody Thank organized that for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys. Thank everyone that is listening. Uh, make sure that uh, you like and subscribe. It helps the channel grow. It helps get good content out. You want to know about what people like Audrey are doing. So this is helpful. Um, you can find us on all platforms that uh, podcasts are on. We're pretty well covered. And uh, other than that, be nice to each other. Um, this is it for all that we know. So treat some people with some kindness. Listen, and uh, you might learn something from some people. Maybe not me, but maybe somebody <laughs> like Audrey. You know, right. For sure, Audrey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but thank you, guys. Thank you. Appreciate Audrey. You guys. Yeah, I absolutely. appreciate this opportunity. And I wish everybody great success out there. Let's keep it going. Absolutely. All right. I agree. Thank you so thank much. Thank you, guys. We'll be in touch. All right. We'll sign off. Bye, guys. See you guys. Bye.